0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Ocean's Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. All right, what's going on, Ocean's Church? So good to see you. You can go ahead and have your seats. So awesome to be in church in the tents, and uh, man, God is moving. And so uh, we're seeing revival in our church in Texas, uh, thanks to California. Uh, thank you for sending your friends and neighbors and family members. Uh, we're, gonna, we're building a new building to accommodate the Californians, and um, it's, it's, it's awesome. Uh, no, but God, God is on the move, uh, really, I believe, in the global sea church uh, like never before, and, uh, there's a saying I live by, and you may have heard it before. It says that a lifetime of an, uh, an opportunity of a lifetime has to be seized in the lifetime of the opportunity. And uh, I want you to know this, that there are strategic moments and seasons in the kingdom of God where it requires us to respond in faith and obedience. You have to be careful to take for granted what God's doing because at times when you're in an atmosphere and environment like this and you see incredible growth like you have you just think this is normal can I just can I just encourage you what's happening at Oceans Church is not happening everywhere this is a true move of God and it's incredible what he's doing and I'm just gonna tell you this it's just starting the, the, these are the beginnings of something I believe so special. I was praying for you. I felt in the next three years specifically that there was going to be such a move of God's spirit that literally there would be news stories, there would be writings, uh, there, would be, there would be documented miracles that would come out of what God's going to do in the next two to three years right here at Oceans Church. I believe that. I believe that so good to be here and i'm so excited just for the for all the progress and everything that god's doing i think you have two of the greatest pastors in america in mark and rochelle Francie. can we thank god for your senior pastors your lead pastors incredible there's some of my wife and i jamie and i they're some of our best friends and uh, Mark has been such an encouragement to me. He sits on the board uh, of our church, church eleven hundred and thirty uh, two and has been such an incredible source of wisdom for us and uh, I want you to know this. obviously, you know your pastors, but let me just tell you from the outside and from a friend for years and years uh, he has he 's probably the youngest member on our board, and uh, my board tells me consistently that he has wisdom beyond his years. That they are so grateful for his voice. And Mark and Rochelle, they both carry this. There, there is such ministry experience and wisdom that they carry. Not only that, but they are such people of character. And I, I want you to know, I, I am a, I'm kind of like an old man in that like I go to sleep early. Anybody go to bed early? I wake up early. I do not stay up late unless I'm with your pastor. He's, like, just starting to get going at about 11.30 p.m., and, uh, and he talks more the later it gets, and so one night he came and spoke for us, and we were in, the, we were in a hotel lobby, and I was supposed to drop him off, and he's like, you want to chat for a little bit? I'm like, no, and he says, come in anyway, so we're in the hotel lobby. It's probably 1.30 in the morning. That's like, that's like uh, I am, like, second round of rim by 1.30 in the morning, and, uh, he, uh, we're, we're talking and I'm yawning. And, uh, he said, Hey, hey Dustin, how, how are you doing with your purity? I'm like, 1:30 AM. He's like, how are you doing with your character? You're integrity? Are you, are, you, are you talking to people? Are you I'm like, bro, first of all, it's one 30 in the morning. I do not want to have this conversation right now. And, uh, but, but seriously, he's asking me about my integrity and character at 1.30 a.m., and so we're talking, and uh, we're holding each other accountable, and uh, that's the type of pastor you have. Come on. Not only to call himself higher, but calling other people higher, and um, I'm so grateful for both you, Mark and Rochelle, what you carry. It's just incredible, and uh, I really believe uh, that these next couple years, it's, it's just, I would say this, just buckle up. Buckle up for what God's going to do. Can I just tell you this? When we, when we talk about the church, when you say Oceans Church, it's not a brand. It's not a tent. It's not a building. It's people. When, 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 you're, when you hear your pastor say God's doing something special at Oceans, it doesn't mean something that you're observing. It means something you're a part of. Oceans Church is us. We are Oceans Church. God's doing something so special. And um, I, I um, we've been seeing miracles at our church uh, in in Texas, and I've been hearing about miracles that God's doing here. We're hearing testimonies. It's so incredible. We've been praying. Uh, for a couple in our church uh, that's been struggling with infertility. And it's been years and years. They've tried everything. They've been to doctors, and, and uh, they've been very discouraged. I was in a meeting, and they tell you when you're, when, you're, when you're growing in ministry, when people are training you, they say, be really careful things that you give words about, like, just because it's sensitive to people. And I felt the Holy Spirit tell me to tell them, and I saw like a picture of it, not like open vision, but just in my mind's eyes, I saw them with a baby girl. And I was trying to get away from it. The Holy Spirit just kept on telling me, you need to tell them. You need to tell them. So I, I prayed for them. And I told them, I see you having a baby girl. And so uh, they broke and began to just to weep before the Lord, full of faith. Well, a year goes by and no baby girl. So they're discouraged. They went back to doctors. And so um, they're seeking God. But, but I mean, it, it's, it's a process. Some of you walk through this process. I mean, it, it, it's very, it wears on you. Yeah. And uh, they were so discouraged, and uh, Mike Maiden came, and uh, he, he's coming and preaching, and uh, he calls them out of the congregation, he says, I see you with a family, I see you holding a baby girl, and um, gave confirmation to the Word, which is, I mean, this is awesome, you know, we're in church and we get words, we're so excited, but nobody loves the journey after the Word, right? The word the Word's powerful, but there's usually a process from Word given to Word fulfilled, I'm going to tell you this faith is not tested when there is no word. Faith is tested when there's a word and no action. And real believers know how to put down roots and stand their ground in the in between time. And um, we just got to announce to our church two weeks ago that they're pregnant and they're expecting their baby girl. Come on, how good is God? How good is God? I was praying this morning, and I felt like the Lord told me to tell you that story. It's not a part of my message. It's just an appetizer. Uh, But I felt like the Holy Spirit told me to tell you because I felt like someone specifically in this service is struggling with some type of infertility. I'm going to tell you something. God's going to do something in your body today. God's going to begin healing in your body. I, I felt specifically it was for someone that had been promised and then lost hope. Okay, you had a promise, you've been believing God, and just lost hope. And I just want to encourage you to just grab onto it today. Grab on. I know the journey's been long, and I know it's been difficult, but just grab onto that promise and see what God does in and through your life. I, I want you to go, if you've got your Bibles, I want you to go to Psalm 42. I love the Psalms, and so I'm going to actually use Psalm 42 as a backdrop uh, for, I believe, a prophetic message to Ocean Church for today, for right now. Psalm 42, the Psalms are a compilation of poems. Many of them were written by King David. And so poems in the Psalms were different, written in Hebrew were different than written in English. In English, we need to rhyme. You know, that's an important part of a poem. It's got to rhyme. In Hebrew, it was not rhyming words, but rhyming ideas. So the picture in the Hebrew would be as a pendulum would swing on a clock. This is what the Hebrew poems do. They go from idea... Or conflict to solution. Now when you read the Psalms, you'll see the pendulum swing from conflict to solution. You would think that David is bipolar. Because one moment he is depressed and one moment he's praising God. He's not bipolar. He's human. And many of us find ourselves in the same swinging of the pendulum between I'm discouraged and I'm encouraged. Now, this psalm, you'll see the pendulum swing. Psalm 42, I'm going to give you your Bible reading for a week, all right? We're going to read the entire psalm, so just buckle up. Psalm 42, verse 1, it says, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. Now, listen listen to the conflict. There's the pendulum again, right? He just said, I'll praise him. Now he's back. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mazar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? You ever felt forgotten by God? Say, why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, the pendulum swings. Saying to me all day long, Where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? The pendulum pendulum swings. Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise my Lord. I, I-, I want to talk just for a couple minutes from this subject. I can't feel it. I can't feel it. You know when you talk about moves of God, it's mostly dictated by if you feel it. You come to church and it's like, man, it was powerful, day. Why? Because you felt something. We go to church or not go to church based on if we feel it. You eat when you feel like it. I feel like it right now. It's getting later. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to eat. I need a good lunch today because I I, I feel hungry. We are so dictated by our feelings that control so many parts of our lives. But I want to tell you this, is is that your emotions, your feelings were never meant to master you. Your emotions are for enrichment, not for guidance. They make great servants, but hellish masters. Your, 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 your emotions there are to enrich your life, but not to lead your life. And as you read David in Psalm 42, he swings between depression and confidence in the goodness and faithfulness of God. He goes in the same verse from being de- in despair to being confident that God will come through. That is the Hebrew poetry in Psalm 42, and I believe what is so true for many of our lives and I've been around a lot of moves of God and a lot of churches. And I tell you this, a lot of people are completely dictated by what they feel. So in the beginning of a move of God, everybody feels it. So it's a move of God. But the moment they don't feel it, then they, they wonder if there's not a move of God anymore. Listen, listen, your theology has to be more secure than your emotions. What you believe to be true about God has to be more secure than what you feel in a bad day or in a bad moment. Because bad days happen. Bad moments happen. Bad years happen. So we have to have a theological conclusion about the goodness of our God no matter what we feel. I I don't know about you, but I'm a feeler. My wife and I, we kind of have reverse roles. I'm the one that's like emotionally talking, come home from work, stress, talk about it. I, I talked to her for about 45 minutes. She's like, you hate your job. You hate the church. You hate the people in the church. You hate your life. And I feel great. I'm like, thank you so much for your service. I appreciate you listening. I'm going to go tackle another day. Meanwhile, she collapses under the vomit of my emotions. Right? See, like, I feel like I'm like David. David was a feeler. David, was. it seems like he's confused. Unless you're emotional like I am, then you, like, you understand. Like, I get it, David. God, where are you? You're my rock and my refuge. Like, which one is it? Is he gone or is he your rock? Like, which one? You, you know what? If we were honest, many of us as believers, we're more emotional than we give ourselves credit for. I know many of you, and, and maybe it's not so true in California and Texas, everybody's blessed. Oh, you meet them on the street, how are you, sir? I'm blessed. Uh, you can lose your house, lose your car, lose your job. How are you? Blessed. It's not true, it's just what we say. Yeah. It's it's we 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 want it, we want it to be true. It's just a greeting. It has no power. It doesn't really mean that we're blessed. People just say it. And I found this to be true, so sometimes people come to church and they worship, they sing, they lift their voices, they lift their hands, but it doesn't mean their life is blessed. It doesn't even mean their life is good. Sometimes you can come into church and you can feel insecure about your own hardship because you look around and you see all these people loving God and worshiping and you're thinking, they must not be going through hard times like I am. I want you to know this, that every single person has their own battle and has their their, their, their own war that they're fighting in their life. There is nobody in this room watching online, any of the campuses that is exempt from hardship. In fact, Jesus said, "In this life you will have you know, I was I was I was kind of having a pity party in the middle of 2020. Most people were. And I was thinking, man, we, we, had to, we had to shut down the church. All this stuff is going on. We're trying to figure things out. You as a pastor in 2020, you cannot make a right decision. I mean, you can open the doors bad. Close the doors bad. Wear a mask bad. Don't wear a mask bad. It's like I'm, I'm confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know what to do. You can't, you can't make a right decision. I was having a pity party. And uh, I, was, I was in prayer. And so uh, the Holy Spirit brought to remembrance this scripture I just shared with you. It says, in this world, it's, it's in the New Testament. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus actually says it. He says, in this world you will have trouble. trouble. Yeah. You know what we always preach? But take heart. I've overcome the world. Yeah. But hold on. Yeah. Jesus said we're going to have trouble. So why is it when we experience trouble? Let me say it this way. Why is it when we feel trouble, we think God's forsaken us? Jesus said you're about to have some trouble. And then trouble hits. We're like, us? Why me? He said it was coming. In fact, Jesus said this would be really discouraging. Okay, I'm just gonna warn you right now. Jesus said, some people are gonna hate you. I know we think like, man, if I serve Jesus and I go to Ocean's Church, everybody's going to love me. No, friends, we're in a spiritual battle. Ocean's Church is taking spiritual ground. The forces of darkness, there's a real devil, a real enemy that hates what's happening in these tents, at these campuses. And there will be opposition, friends. And that opposition doesn't mean you're in the wrong place. You might feel confused at times. You might feel under attack attack at times. But I want to encourage you, David felt what you felt. David, a man after God's own heart, felt what you felt. In fact, it says this in verse 5. It says, why, my soul, are you downcast? Now, before verse 5, in verse 3 and 4, he talks about all the reasons why he's downcast. He talks about the outward affliction. Do you know that each and every one of us have outward affliction? Everybody's going to go through trouble. Everybody's going to go through pandemics. Everybody's going to go through ups and downs. Nobody is exempt from trouble. Life is undefeated. Life is undefeated at bringing crisis to you you, and to your life. And if you've avoided it, then this is preparation for what's coming. Because tough times are going to come. So David experiences outward affliction which leads us to verse 5 and he says in verse 5 why my soul are you downcast why so disturbed listen to what it says within me and yeah. wow. this is this is this is really important when what happens around you gets in you you've got problems Jesus said we're going to have trouble, but the trouble around us, when it gets in, the reason that David felt despair within him is because the outward afflictions that happened on the outside, now we're affecting him inside. For many of us, even though the outside of us looks good and put together, on the inside of us, we have the remains of things that have happened externally in the past. External problems, circumstances, crisis usually make their way yes. internally. So I want to talk for a couple of minutes about how do we deal with the tension between outside affliction and inside despair. Outward crisis and inward discouragement. David mastered this. He mastered this principle of being real with what he felt, but refusing to stay there. See, see people of faith... People of faith, do not lie about their current condition. In Christian circles, sometimes Christian circles can be weird. I'm in Texas. There's a lot of churches in Texas. Sometimes people can be weird. People can be dying from a sickness, and they say, I'm not sick because they're in faith. And I'm like, you literally are about to fall over dead. We're not sick. We're not sick. So we're not trying to lie about the condition. David even said it. He said, here I am. This is my current condition. But we refuse to let the current condition define our future possibilities. Faith is not blind to where we are. Faith is a belief in where we're going. Faith is a confident assurance that we will not stay where we are. Faith is a confident assurance that the things that God's promised to us will come to pass. This is an atmosphere of faith. I want to show you this in verse 6. So awesome. It says, in verse 6, the first part, it says, my soul is downcast. This is David. He says, my soul is downcast within me. My soul. that's his current position. Right now, you have a current position. Wherever you are, wherever you came in, he says, right now, David, my soul is downcast within me. Okay, that's just the way it is. I'm, I'm discouraged. I'm down. I didn't come in saying I'm blessed when I'm really having a bad day. I didn't come in and say I'm fine when I'm really going through struggles. I'm really going through a difficult time. He says, this is the truth. My soul is downcast. Therefore, I will. Yeah. Now, if I could say it like this, is you could, you could, you could, you could try to say it this, like this. My, whatever is in your life, the what is of your life, always needs to be attached to an I will. So where I am is reality, but it has to be attached, faith, to an I will. I'll show it to you again. In in verse 6, in the Passion Translation, it says this. Here I am depressed and downcast, yet I will. This is how you become a mature believer. Here I am. I'm having a tough day. I'm down and downcast, yet I will. My feeling doesn't chip away at the goodness of God. My feelings don't chip away at the promise of God. So here I am, but yet I will. God's raising up a group of people, a group of churches, hundreds, thousands. He's raising up a movement of people that believe that here I am, yet I will. And it's the people that have yet I will faith. And a yet I will mentality that are going to take cities and take counties and take states. I'm telling you, there's a move of God that's coming to Orange County, California. It's going to sweep the earth and it's going to come from yet I will people. Yet I will. Yet I will. I will praise God. I will remember his promise. I will praise. I will believe. It's yet I will. Yet I will. You can sit down for a couple more minutes. Got me fired up in this place. Now I feel the power of God in the tents today. Yet I will. I want to be at a yet I will church. Not a blind eye to my position or my current condition. But a, bu- a belief, a firm belief that I will continue to move forward. And I will, yet I will believe in the promise God has given. I want to tell you what hope is. Hope is the expectation of something good. Hope. It's important. You die without hope. Hope is the expectation of something good coming into my life. But I want you to hear this. Faith, Hebrews 11 says, faith is. Faith isn't future. Faith is now. Hope believes good things are coming. Faith brings the good things that are coming into my reality. We need need a people of faith. I'm telling you, for where we are, in the culture we live in, in the climate we live in, we need a church that believes in faith. I want you to have hope. Hope is so important. We got hope that good things are coming. But we have faith that brings that hope into our reality. I want to close with this thought I was praying for you. Acts chapter 8. There's a passage of scripture and um, it's interesting because Saul is persecuting the church. He's, he's, he's doing bad stuff. People are dying in the church. And the Bible says this. It says, and the church and the, and the people and the believers were scattered. Which for many of us, we would think that's bad. So here's their condition. Here I am in a place of persecution. Here I am in a place of being scattered. And it says, but wherever they were scattered, they preached the gospel. Many people talk about the advancement of the early church and they're so excited about the advancement of the early church, but they never look at how or why it happened. The reason that the early church advanced at such a powerful speed and to different parts geographically of the world was because they were so persecuted. The persecution advanced the gospel. In fact, this is a historical precedent. That whenever the church is pressured, whenever the church is persecuted, whenever people raise up and use their voice against the move of God, that God scatters and expands. Acts chapter 8, it says that they were scattered. If they were never scattered, the gospel would have stayed right where it was. Thank God for the persecution. Thank God for the scattering. Thank God for the condition. Because it's scattered. They preached the gospel wherever they went this is what Acts chapter 8 said it said Philip went down to a city in Samaria and he proclaimed the Messiah there and when the crowds heard and saw the signs he performed that's what's happening at Oceans Church we're not just talking about what God can do you're seeing it you're seeing lives changed you're seeing people saved you're seeing people healed people delivered this is why God's doing what he's doing to Oceans Church it's not just something we're not telling stories but what God did sometime. This is something that we're seeing and hearing. And it says, and when they saw and heard, they all, how many? They all paid close attention to what he said. What gave him authority to speak was the signs and wonders that were performed through his ministry. The miracles were God's endorsement on his voice. When the believers went all in, I want you to see this progression. When the believers went all in, the whole world paid attention. And when the whole world paid attention, it says that when, for with shrieks, impure spirits came out, and many and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. And listen what the result was. So there was great joy in the city. This for some of you might sound anticlimactic, but I want to show you something so beautiful. That when the power of God begins to break out, people get healed and delivered free from impure spirits, all of these things, we would think that's the result. That's not the result. That's an effect of the power of God breaking out. I'm going to tell you the result. The result is when joy fills your city. The the result is when joy fills your family. The result is when joy fills your marriage. I'm telling you, you may go through some here I am's and some difficult seasons, but I'm telling you, God's raising up a yet I will in your heart and your spirit. We're going to see revival in Orange County, and we're going to see an awakening of the power of God like we've never seen it before. And people will declare there is joy in the city. God's bringing his joy back. Joy Coming back to Orange County. Joy coming back to your family. Joy coming back to your marriage. I prophesy in the name of Jesus over this church and over this county that joy is coming in the name of Jesus. If you believe it, why don't you give God praise for about three seconds. Joy is coming. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, why not you stand up with me if you're not already up. When the believers are in, the world pays attention and the city is full of joy. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. If you would, all across this place, can you just lift your hands? Holy Spirit, I ask that right now, by your Holy Spirit, you would come from the front to the back, to the right, to the left. Lord, people that are stuck in here-I-am seasons, Lord, people, maybe who are in a situation where they don't feel you. Lord, maybe in a situation where they're contending for a miracle or a promise that maybe even they've lost sight of, I pray that right now you would restore hope, that you would restore faith. Lord, by the sweetness of your presence, even right now, that you would apprehend hearts and draw them to you. Lord, many of us, we relate like David, that one day, Lord, we're discouraged, the next day we sing your praises, but Lord, you, you don't judge us, Lord, for what we feel. Lord, you just give us a promise in the midst of what we feel that no matter where our here I am is, Lord, it doesn't have to be where we stay. So we as a body say, no matter what we're facing, we will praise you. We're not praising you as a thank you to what you've done. We're praising you in advance to what you will do. I'm to touch each and every person right now in the name of Jesus you can put your hands down just keep your heads bowed and eyes closed just for a moment I just feel the Holy Spirit just tugging on my heart there's some people here and you're not right with Jesus which means that maybe you just never have taken the step to give your heart to, to Him it's the most important decision you'll ever make is give your life to Jesus in fact the Bible says if you confess with your mouth and you believe with, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that you will be saved I'm telling you right now there's people that are in is in this room that you're about to encounter the love of Jesus. God is not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. And I'm gonna tell you, maybe God brought you here to the tents for this one reason is that today you'd surrender your heart and your life to Jesus. I'm not gonna wait for a long time. We're not gonna embarrass you, We're not gonna have you come forward, but right where you are, I would love the honor of praying with you and you inviting Jesus into your life. Maybe you've turned your back on God, maybe you've ran away. Maybe you've been running from God for a long time. Maybe you've never said yes to Jesus. I would love the opportunity to pray with you. If you're not right with Jesus, I'm going to have you just lift your hand in just a minute. You're not right with God and you want to get right today. On the count of three, I'm just going to ask you just to slip up your hand. One, don't wait. Don't look around. Two, make the decision today. Three, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. Just slip up your hand all across this place. I'm going to give my heart. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe you're coming back. Lord, we thank you right now for those that are making this decision. We pray that the weight that's been on them would be lifted. Lord, I ask for an impartation of your love right now. God, touch them by your Holy Spirit. Lord, as they invite you into their life, I pray that you would do just a work, a supernatural work of salvation in their heart in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm going I'm to turn the service over in just a second. I just want you to know this. I feel this really strongly as I'm preaching, obviously you guys are hungry and, and, uh, it's, and just feel the presence of God, it's so awesome, but I'm going to tell you this, some people you feel like you're here I am, that means the position you're in right now is the position you'll always be in, and I felt the Holy Spirit prompt me to not close until I told you that no matter what situation you find yourself in today, this is God's promise to you, is that there is a way out whether it's depression, whether it's discouragement, whether it's suicidal ideation, that there is a way out. And I I feel, I feel like I can't leave until I just tell you this, that wherever the here I am is, God's just extending his hand to you. You don't have to deny it. You don't have to say it's not there. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And there is a way out. Lord, I just pray for whoever that is. I ask in the name of Jesus. Lord, that they just feel like they're in a cycle in the here I am. I I just pray supernaturally today that hope would begin to fill their heart. Hope is the expectation of good to come. Lord, and today we just combine our faith with that hope and say it's not just in the future, but we believe that faith is right now breakthrough come in the name of Jesus 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 we're going to close right now but this is what David said yet I will what was his I will his I will was praise come on can we close right now just by praising God come on let's just begin to worship yet I will praise the Lord yet I will thanks for listening to our podcast have a great week